Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Wheeler Podcast. I hope everybody's had a fun and safe holiday season and good start to your 2021 year. In this new episode of the podcast, I sit down with one of my good friends, Quentin Super. He is an author, a ghostwriter, as well as a blogger. And I got to kind of pick his brain and learn a thing or two about the ups and downs and some of the various fascinating stories he's had in his time of being a blogger, as well as being able to travel the world and meet so many fascinating people. Be sure to check it out, and as always, subscribe to the podcast via Apple or social media. everybody welcome to another edition of the wheeler podcast i am here with a special guest today his name is quentin super we go back to the osseo days good old osseo senior high school how are we doing today sir quentin fantastic josh fantastic josh glad we're here glad we're doing this pod man it has been a long time coming uh can't believe we go back to osseo uh, what have you been up to man lately <laughs> Well, lately, just trying to stay healthy amid COVID, um, you know, having some fun, grinding, working hard, all those things. Love it. Love it. Um, what made you want to get into the career that you have now? Dude, always trying to stay different, always trying to evolve. Um, I love to write, and so that fuels a lot of what I do now. It, it really helps me, um, again, grow and I'm figuring myself out as I do my career, which is probably normal, and it, it, it feels good. Awesome, awesome. So what is what are some of the best parts about what you do for a living? Well, something like this, to be honest, is fun. You know, not that there's any money being exchanged, but, yeah. for example, uh, you know, I interview people or I write people's books, and there's there's a fair amount of money in that. You know, if you're good at, at ghostwriting, um, which is which is what I do, mm-hmm. um, or copywriting, which is actually my nine to five job. Yeah, there's a lot of money in that because, dude, we live in a culture that loves to consume visual content like YouTube and mm-hmm. things like that. But at the same time, if you're able to consume written content, there's a market for that. And so I create that, and it, it's fun. I love it absolutely. And I think the best part about this is. What you do is very, I'm not going to say very different, but it's definitely different than what I do. Uh, I remember texting you the other day. I was like, man, I don't think I have a, uh, a, a, a se- I'm trying to figure out how to get a second USB mic in, to do this podcast. And you're like, I don't think I have a podcast mic. I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm talking audio lingo to a, a guy that does strictly writing. So it was kind of weird for me to, it's like, ah, I don't know how to go about this situation, but yeah, what you do is contrastly different than what I do, and it's kind of cool that we kind of get to intertwine in each other's, um, I guess, journey, the best way to put it, um, being able to kind of learn a lot about the best of the both worlds. And, um, yeah, it's it's a different kind of monster that I feel like I'm taking on. This blogging, I'm, I honestly don't think I've opened too many blogs in my life, but I need to more because, as we talked about before, I don't like reading. <laughs> yeah man you read you need to read my blog i uh, do quentinsuper.com no i'm just kidding um no i love to blog you know that's just one of a handful of different writing 
styles that I do. Um, it's fun. You know, like I just finally, I actually had a huge client the other day, a woman who runs a YouTube channel with over 500,000 subscribers. That's and, insane. And yeah, man. She talks about dating around the world. Like, it's a lot of fun. It was a, you know, as far as an interview, it wasn't like the greatest interview I've ever had, but like she was super high uh, in terms of popularity. And that did well for me and my blog. But it's just fun. Like, blogging is what it is, man. Like, I told you this. But my blog four years ago when it started was like, oh, I'm going to talk about my life in college and, like, getting dumped by my ex. And, like, dude, no one really wants to read about that. Like, yeah. maybe, like, a couple close friends. But then, uh, again. Personal, personal relatable experiences, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Here we are four years later. Yeah. And it's like I'm talking to Marina from Dating Beyond Borders. Yeah. You know, and she's a, a woman. I've watched her channel the last two years. And it, that light bulb went off one day. I'm like, I need to talk to her. Um, but again, I only know that because I was willing to start this shitty blog four years ago that, yeah. again, five people wanted to read. And now it's at a spot where 65 people want to read, which is not like a lot. But it, it goes to show you like there's something to be gained from just consistently doing something. How does somebody achieve, um, I guess, how does somebody go about getting that kind of following uh 500,000 subscribers is a lot and I guess I don't know if it's social media or just strictly word of mouth how do you go about spreading the word and just kind of promoting your product like that promoting a brand is what I've really been a big uh follower of and wanting to learn more about how to promote your quote-unquote brand me being a podcaster I want to be able to promote on the side as much as I can while I have the time to promote this podcast uh, and definitely one of the first people that comes to mind when it comes to building a brand uh, is pretty much, has pretty much been you because you and I have mm -hmm. talked a lot about the importance of uh, reputation and just building a name for yourself you know, regardless of what people are saying. I mean, how does someone like even her or even yourself go about building that kind of following? Mm -hmm. So I'll try to answer the first part and yeah. I'll speak for Marina. Yeah. Um, so she got to 500,000 plus through consistency. Like okay. her, her YouTube channel started seven years ago. And yeah. for probably, I would say five of those, mm -hmm. maybe, no, I'll take that back. Three to five of those years, yep. she wasn't doing well. But then she eventually started a series where she would highlight specific countries, like what it's like to date an Italian man, what it's like to date a German woman. And unbeknownst to her when she started it, all of a sudden, people really liked that, right? Like, because mm -hmm. it was controversial. If I say, what's it like to date Josh Wheeler, right? <laughs> all of a sudden, people are going to be like, no, that's not what it's like. Like, yeah. that's not what it's like. And so you gain, like, attention and notoriety through that. And then what she said, which I thought was absolutely brilliant, is people don't know what they want, right? Mm -hmm. People will know what they want when they see it. Yeah. And that's what her channel was. She wasn't following any sort of formula. Yeah. She was just doing what she wanted. That's kind of what I'm doing. Like, dude, people don't want to read. But yeah. there are people who do, and yeah. if I can win that market, if I can be the best blogger, the best ghostwriter, or like the best author, you know, yeah. my second book is coming out next year, okay. all those things kind of weave together, and hopefully, you know, we're talking 10, 20 years from now, as far as a brand, if I continue at this pace, I would imagine I'll have at least 100 followers, but uh, no, in all seriousness, like I'd imagine I'm somewhere doing something okay, mm -hmm. you know, so... As far as a brand, like, dude, that's even helped me just get jobs. So, like, there's the whole thing of, like, people want to hire people they know. Yeah. Well, how can someone hire you if they've never met you before? Well, exactly. social media, your YouTube channel, your blog. Yeah. I mean, the job I have now, for instance, I sent, I, I have this four-minute video on YouTube. I sent it along with my application to the guy, and he was like, yeah, I watched your video, and I liked it. 
like that would be my advice to someone is like if you're applying for a job like hire a videographer create a one minute video about yourself and send it along with all your applications that way you're standing out but then people know who you are that you're interviewing with before you even meet them interesting so i know we talked about a few seconds ago about how what i do compared to you is uh very contrast but also at the same time i feel it's important um and you touched base on this on the woman that you interviewed that it's important to kind of branch out and be different and go for not being you know another in my case another joe rogan or pat mcafee but being the first josh wheeler when it comes to podcasting or even quentin super as being a blogger or copywriter just being different in a way uh, how I guess how do you go about finding that niche that makes you different and I feel like that's such a very broad question to ask mm-hmm. but how do you go about uh, like what are the first steps in creating your own identity when it comes to you know making your own business or your own brand mm-hmm. good question I haven't found my niche to be honest okay but the people who follow me, and again, it's not a very large amount of people, but the people who consume my content, it's because I'm authentic. Mm-hmm. So the things I write about, they're from the heart. They're you know self-deprecating. Um, I'm willing to tell people parts of myself, my personality, that otherwise they're not going to see. But I have a special personality that's able to do that. And I don't mean special like I'm the only person in the world. But not a lot of people want to just tell people, you know, their, their deepest secrets, you know, or their worst days of their life, things like that. But there's a market for it, right? Like we love sensationalism in our media and things like that. I don't want to be, you know, CNN and, you know, creating fake news and things like that. But if something happens to me or if I have a feeling, I want to share that with people and I want to connect with people who appreciate that. Yeah. Not again, it's not about the notoriety or achieving any sort of fame. It's about I want the people I interact with to want to interact with me. And yeah. I want to have really good interactions with them because that'll make me feel good about myself. Yeah, and there's a lot of, uh, especially when it comes to doing, we, like we did an interview on kind of my journey and everything. a lot of what had to do with me telling my story is there's a lot of self-deprecation in that because you know that was a dark period of time in my life where I wasn't too high on myself. So everything every viewpoint I have of my story that I shared with you in uh, the interview that we did, it has to do with kind of just where I saw myself at that point in time. Like, I'm not going to look back and be like, oh, yeah, I look back at having cancer in May, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to you know go do radio. I had no idea what I was going to, what my future was going to hold when I first was hospitalized. And it's just, it's interesting. The It has a lot to do with attitude um, when it comes to just creating creating your first steps going towards what you're doing. Like promoting your YouTube channel. And I know this because I tried doing the podcasting YouTube thing at first. And I'll, eventually I'll go back to doing it again. But it takes a lot of self-confidence to promote yourself. Like it's not only the creating your brand and whatever I think a lot of it too on top of that is being able to be consistent like you talked about just getting more reps making sure you're putting your stuff out there and making sure that it's it's something people want to listen to like 
there's COVID podcasts out there galore that <laughs> nobody wants to listen to that. You know, there's 50,000 different versions of the COVID story going on, and I guarantee you, yeah, there's probably a lot of listeners, but, you know, those people probably don't have a lot of time in their day, and that's probably just what they're, they're throwing it on as background music to do you know, <laughs> house cleaning or something. Like, I don't know. It's just... You, you want to be able to create something unique that people can latch onto, and I think that's kind of a work in progress with me too right now is finding my niche and finding my target audience for who I want to, who I want to, you know, read my stuff, hear my stuff, see my stuff. Um, but in her case, it was you know different cultures of you know, relationships, like mm-hmm. what it's like to date this this culture, what it's like to date in this culture. It's kind of, it's different. People don't hear that. It's not, you know, just another flavor of ice cream. It's the special flavor of ice mm-hmm. cream of the day that people are, you know, looking for. And that's kind of what I think is cool about her situation. And I feel like, you know, finding those kinds of people is, it's fascinating. How did you go about actually getting a hold of her? Uh, DM'd her on Instagram. Okay. And, um, I guess I'll just kind of leave it at that because I don't want to give away too yeah. many of my secrets. I don't, I don't, I'm not sitting here saying yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. some magic genie, but no, you're good. like if I tell you verbatim what I wrote, yeah. you know, um, I don't know, maybe I should, t- I know, nah, you know, like, but that's all it was is like, and my point in saying that is it, what I told, what I wrote to her isn't super important, but what is, is the fact that look. Marina of Dating Beyond Borders was not the first person with any sort of clout that I reached out to. Yeah. I've reached out to a lot of people with a lot of subscribers. Yeah. And most of the time they say no. Yeah. But it's a numbers game and it's also like the messages I send are authentic. Again, I'm not sitting there being like, hey, can I exploit you because I'm trying to get subscribers? It's like, no, hey, can I have a conversation with you and then like provide something of value for you in return? Like with Marina... Like, I'm not just saying, hey, like, take a selfie with me and then I can post it and get subscribers. I'm saying, hey, Marina, like, let me interview you, learn about, like, you beyond just, like, what we see on YouTube, and then let me write a story about that. If you like it, like, hey, just promote it. If you don't, eh, then no worries, you know? Um, But that's the whole thing is, like, if you provide someone with value, like, all of a sudden, you know, like, I don't know, Marina and I are, like, we're we're friends from afar now, you know, and, like, that's what I want to do for everyone I've interviewed. Because I've interviewed probably 25 people to this point. Yeah. You know, you might be 26. I don't know. I haven't counted. My point is, is um, all those people are now part of my network yeah. where it's like, hey, they've provided me value. I provided them value. Like, that's what a true partnership is. Um, so, yeah. You touched base on something interesting that caught my attention, too, is a big part of building yourself and, and promoting whatever you are doing, whether it be podcasting, blogging, or whatever a big stepping stone of that is getting the no answer. And I feel like that's, especially with somebody, like if I continue to go about doing podcasting and say, hey, would you like to jump on a podcast? And, you know, I'm not doing it necessarily to promote me, but in a way, as we've mentioned before, it is a I scratch your back, you scratch mine. But I'm more so doing it to promote and make people more aware of what of the person I'm talking to because that's kind of the point of a podcast in general. Like Joe Rogan's not going to ask somebody to go on his podcast for him. He's doing he brings in these world-renowned scientists to 
you know, promote what they're doing and the awareness of what they're doing. Not necessarily, like, people know who the hell Joe Rogan is. Mm -hmm. He's not by any means doing that for him. But Joe Rogan's also very renowned, so he doesn't, in a way, have to necessarily focus more on him. Where someone like me, who's trying to get my name out, yeah, I'm going to have a little bit more of a tug when I'm promoting my podcast because not everybody knows who Mm -hmm. Josh Wheeler is or even Quentin Super because... And, and you have way more clout than I do, obviously, right now, because <laughs> I have more of, you know, I'm just podcasting, I'm kind of doing a billion things at once, where you have your own page, your own blogs on the internet, and you, I mean, I have a Facebook page that I probably haven't touched in six months, but I'm also, like, at that point where I can utilize it now with breaks in life and stuff like that, where... I can kind of facilitate having that free time to make stuff like this happen. Um, what are some, what are some different things that you've written about? Like, what are the, some of the most fascinating things that you've written about that people can check out on your on your blogs? Fascinating things. That's a good question, Josh. I don't know if anything I've written I would personally describe as fascinating. And what I mean by that is like, if I say, "Hey, this is really cool." Um, I, because I read it like a lot about myself, it's going to be seen as like self aggrandizement, but you know, if you like travel, so for instance, like on my blog, I have different sections. I have, I went to Europe for a couple weeks last year. So there's a section all about like the various countries I visited. There's a section about Colombia and like what it's like to date Colombian women, or I lived in China for a year. Mm -hmm. So I have a whole section about like things that happened in China. And again, like those things, like they're kind of cool, but they're not, they don't offer anyone any value other than like entertainment. Like if you care about me, you're gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna read that. Yeah. But you don't even have to give, you don't even have to like me, but you might still wanna read about Marina from Dating Beyond Borders yeah. or any of the number of people I've interviewed. And I just kinda use Marina cause like she's the most recent and also she has yeah. a ton of clout. Um, but like fascinating, like I don't know man, like I don't know if I've written anything fascinating. Like I like to think that I write well, but also writing's an evolution. Like yeah. my first book, came out three years ago i'm way past that as far as like a talent as a writer even my next book my editor told me this he's like dude i think you're past this like the next book that i'm set to publish is already kind of feeling old or like it's not a part of me and again that's because i write about myself it's also because like dude if you're just constantly evolving constantly like doing different things well they're not all going to be symmetrical and line up super well so um yeah man that that's a bit about like my blog so your books are mostly about your travels and stuff like that and just your experiences in the last handful of years first book the long road north it's, it was about a bike trip we did a buddy and i okay. um in 2015 during our spring break everyone typically goes south right to florida mexico yeah. whatever we rode our bikes uh north to canada to okay. winnipeg so as you can imagine windy cold horrible all yeah. those things great growing experience though um and like i love to ride my bike like and that's actually the subject of my next book is after i got out of grad school a buddy and i biked across the country from minnesota to portland maine over the course of seven weeks so and it's not you know the first book kind of like in hindsight it kind of sucked because it focused a lot on biking as opposed to the story i'm excited for the next book though because it's much less about biking and more so about the story the journey um i do a lot of like flashbacks things like that so that'll be much more fun, and yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. I am a huge, huge biking guy. <laughs> um, as I mean, anybody that knows me has seen my 
27 inch calves calf muscles <laughs> um yeah that's i i might actually check that out because i'm a i, I guess i'm a very seldom biking enthusiast because yeah i haven't biked regularly in probably a good uh seven eight years probably seven years i think 2013 is the last time i regularly rode my mm-hmm. bike just because when you get your license and stuff like that it kind of starts to fade away for sure um but yeah, that's interesting. Where where can one find the first book that you did write? The Long Road North, you can buy it on Barnes & Noble or Amazon. It's okay. available as an e-book, um, and obviously then you can order it like a tangible copy. I want to get – I want I, I'm, I'm will likely do an audio book for my second book. Um, okay. So we'll see. It's a bit pricey, but you got to do what you got to do. Doing what you do, and I've only heard this from a few people, and this is why I'm asking it. So when you start your own blog or your own business, do you always have to have, I guess, I think it's called an LLC. Do you have to always have a, a super big license label slapped on you or can you kind of go about business around paying money for that kind of thing? Well, I don't have an LLC for my blog. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's technically a WordPress blog. Okay. So WordPress like owns the website. Like I've monetized it. Gotcha. But even that's a losing proposition. So I like I basically pay WordPress one hundred and twenty dollars a year to to let that let me post on there. As far as like I don't really know. Like if someone wanted to sue me or something for like something gotcha. I've written, I would imagine they're suing me directly. Because a lot directly. of people like there's a lot of people that because I've I've had vague interest in doing like sports photography alongside doing you know beat writing and. Like, oh, well, you should probably get an LLC. And I just kind of assumed that having an LLC is kind of the big, big uh, head honcho way of saying, hey, I have my own business kind of thing. <laughs> I, never, I guess I never really thought that you could kind of go about it without having to have a licensing purchase or something like that. But that's that's interesting. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, LLC is, it is what it is. Like, I could be an LLC. It doesn't, and I can be a business owner. It doesn't yeah. mean I'm making money. Like, the reality is, is, you know, I'm still using my education to, to make me the majority of my money. Meaning like yeah. my nine to five is what makes me the majority of my money. Like blogging, writing books for people, my own books. Like, yeah, that makes me money, but it doesn't make me enough to live off of. Like I still have a nine to five that is supporting me and probably will support me for a number of years. So what does, uh, as we kind of wrap it up, what does 2021 have in store? Or what are your hopes for this coming year now that we're wrapping up 2020? Uh, dude, just continue to grow. You know, obviously my next book will be coming out, so I want to promote that and get that into as many hands as possible. Um, but then staying happy and staying healthy. You know, there's been times in my life where I've been feeling kind of low. Yeah. But, you know, you got to battle through those and you have to work hard to get out of them. And, again, staying happy. Like, money is what it is. That'll come yeah. and go. But um, if I can stay in a good mental space, that that would be awesome. Awesome. Well, And where can we check out the wonderful blogs that you put out <laughs> endlessly throughout the year <laughs> quentinsuper.com so that's just my name q-u-e-n-t-i-n and then super.com you can look him up look him up on social media you can find him pretty easily there just type in super he'll probably pop up as one of the first people you see <laughs> no blue check mark but no, yeah no blue no nah, not yet we'll, <laughs> we'll get there maybe that can be the 2021 new year's resolution for us. <laughs> um awesome man thank you for jumping on the podcast today and uh I can't wait to hear some of the amazing stories that you get to put out this coming year in 2021. And I look forward to uh, doing 
doing this again, hopefully sometime. Yes, sir. Appreciate the time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And be sure to uh, subscribe to the Wheeler Podcast. And again, that was Quentin Super. You can catch him on quintonsuper.com. Be sure to check out his blogs and his books, which, again, you can check out on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Again, that is Quentin Super. Starts with a Q, ends with a Super. Be sure to check him out on those following websites. Have a great, great week, everybody. Hope everybody has a fun, safe New Year's Eve and start to 2021. Can't take much to beat 2020 starting the new year. I hope everybody has a great weekend and it has been fun. This is the Wheeler Podcast. Have a great night.